ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dying time is here. That's right, we're talking Black Christmas 2006 on Kill by Kill. Ho, 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 how you doing, everybody? It's your old pal, Patrick Hamilton, welcoming you once again to the Kill by Kill podcast, where we are dedicated to celebrating the least discussed component of any horror film, the characters. We're going to unpack all the gory details of Black Christmas in the hopes that a sorority sister's untimely end is just the beginning of the jokes that we could make at their expense. And as always, there is only one person I trust to help me de-ice a windshield with just a brush. The one and the only Gina Radcliffe. How are you doing, Gina? I brought you a present, Patrick. Merry Christmas. Oh, wow. There's a lot of things to unwrap. What am I going to find in this box? You might find some eyeballs or, or maybe maybe some human flesh cookies. I don't know. It's, it's a surprise. <laughs> you know, open it up before it starts to smell. The one thing that we discovered, and I don't know that we mentioned it last episode, was that human flesh cookies taste better in milk. Well, doesn't which everything? I, I mean... doubt. <laughs> <laughs> they don't, don't seem to make do. them any softer. <laughs> no, they they do seem to have a texture like 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 that of an overbaked cracker, don't they? It's like a gas station beef jerky. Cut into festive holiday shapes. <laughs> I don't know that I have another uh, human uh, flesh cookie joke. <laughs> That's I think my we've big exhausted. One. You know, luckily the movie does moves on from from the human flesh cookies. We we only get a single shot of that. They they exercise some restraint that they did not exhibit for the rest of the movie by <laughs> uh, by not mentioning or showing the the flesh cookies anymore. Yeah, it, well, I think the the one advantage it may have is a lack of restraint. I just don't think that lack of restraint is for everyone. But let's save it. Because there's something I need to tell you, Gina. I don't want to disturb you, but we are not alone. That's right. We have a very special guest, and you may know her as the host of the Shining 237 podcast, the one, the only, Susan Kraglinska. Hello. (laughs) Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank Thank you you so much for having me on. Oh, it's a wonderful pleasure. You have a fantastic podcast. And uh, I was hoping that you would bring your eye for detail to this interesting film that is also about a snowbound house. It's got a little (laughs) overlap. Snow, fake snow, and a big big house. I need need to get to this, this, like, how... You know, snowbound they really are though. But I mean, we're gonna, that's jumping way ahead though. But but I have a little bit of a rant written out in my notes here. But but but, but we'll get to that. Yeah. In fact, in no, fact, I, not I, even I, in fact, not even occurring to me that that you know who our guest was. I'd actually written in capital letters, "What are they at the Overlook?" Right. <laughs> right. It's a sorority house. Where are? Okay. We'll 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 get to what, that. We're, yeah. Yeah. We'll we're jumping way we'll... ahead. So, uh, Susan, we have a tradition here at the yes. Kill by Kill podcast and that is to ask our guests where where's the first time that you ever encountered the 2006 version of black christmas i will be truthful and tell you that i didn't watch it till this weekend but so i was a fan of course of course as a horror movie fanatic of the original love the original mm-hmm. and i do sort of remember when this came out and i kind of remember the bad reviews and kind of remember thinking it'd be sort of interested in watching it but just never in the 13 years that have passed gotten around to, <laughs> gotten around to watching it was not high on the list mm-hmm. 
knowing the reviews, knowing the reviews. So, uh, so yeah, this was my first time. I watched it two and a half times for you guys. God bless you. Uh, and I yeah. still can't tell you who's who as far nope. as the, I, I have. Yeah. I Nope. This, this, this character of all the movies we have seen for this podcast. And I think we're up to what Patrick counting like Patreon episodes, 16, 17 movies. Sure. Yeah. Something where along those lines, this has done the worst job of distinguishing the characters. I, I don't remember any of their names. Except the the the, the, <laughs> the main girl, I, I believe her name is Lee. <laughs> mm, no, Kelly. Ke- 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 no, I, I mean, there I is a Lee, the, but I, there's yeah, a Lee. Yeah, but um, the Claire I know is the missing girl because they say her name more often than any other character's name in the entire movie. <laughs> Very true. Which is interesting because I believe she's the first one killed, like within the yeah. first five minutes of the movie. But you know, there's a lot of banging on doors and yelling, Claire, Claire, Claire. Has anyone seen Claire? And you know, but nobody else. We, we don't. We don't know anybody else's names there. And you know, not only do we not know their names, they all look alike. And, 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 and you know, and I don't know if this is supposed to be on purpose or some sort of like. It you couldn't know, be on purpose. I mean, it's it's so stupid. You just don't know. I mean, you literally think, didn't that girl just die? What is she doing walking into this person's bedroom? But again, to, you know, to compliment the original, uh, at least people had their hair up. Like one girl would have her hair up to differentiate herself. Like Marco Kidder had that really cool, you know, 70s kind of crazy bang that, that Stevie Nicks cut with her hair up. And... Uh, you had Phyllis, the name Phyllis, you know, which was kind of a different name. You knew that she was the nerdy girl. She had short hair. That was Andrea Martin in the original. Um, you just had some personality. You had, uh, you know, again, I just can't emphasize the differentiating, the haircuts, enough. Like, how hard is it yeah, to put a girl's hair in a ponytail they, they, or in a ballerina yeah. bun? They, this was, They all have, like, long, dark hair, except for the final girl. She has blonde hair. I know, and, and Claire has blonde hair, which made the I, I for the life of me. I don't I think could, so. I I could not figure out what was going on with this sex tape. I I Claire I, has dark hair. Does she? No, she Claire's not in the the sex tape. Well, who's That's in the sex tape then? One. It's like May no uh, Melissa or no Melissa or Kelly. I I you know we'll never know. We I, could watch I, this five. We could watch this five more yeah, times. They, they all have, and we they, would they, still they all have long dark hair. They all have you know they're complaining about the cold but wearing very low cut cropped shirts. Um, <laughs> they 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 the only thing we know about these characters is that they fucking hate each other. They, they, the, the, the movie cannot emphasize enough how just seething with loathing these characters are for each other. Right up until the very end when they're all actively being killed off, they're still calling each other bitches and pulling faces at each other. And, and it's just like, wow, what is this movie trying to say? Cause and again, I don't just know. Just to throw it back again to the original, you know, Margot Kidder, again, her role, she was a unlikable character, but you still loved her. You know, she was still, she was one of those great, uh, you know, she was a bitch and she was, uh, but she was still appealing. You know, she had personality. She was salty and, and you know. She was but the, salty and yeah. she was mean, but you still, you know, enjoyed watching her and, and you didn't really want her to die. Here, you just, you're like, 
you just don't, you just cannot care. And you, there's no way to care. So yeah, basic. It doesn't, basic. it does not help that the entire cast has been given Brazilian blowouts. Yeah. And that everyone from the back looks exactly the same. It's crazy that there's no variance here. Like as close to a variant as we get is one person has a harsh bang and that's it. It's just yeah, I, mean, I was like I was like they, oh, they are all very, the same. They're we're all half of the cast is wearing black coats throughout the entire thing. Yeah, I mean I just like oh that's Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, that's Party of Five girl, you know, and then <laughs> and then like everybody else is like you, you know, shrug emoji. I have no idea. You know. I mean? <laughs> no, I even I even googled. I googled up these actresses. Like I don't even have that bar. Like I never watched Party of Five. Uh, so I googled up these actresses, and then seeing their photos in Google Image, I'm like, I do not recognize this person. Like I have no idea who this is in the movie. I still, I mean, not to be lookist, but you know, sometimes all pretty girls do kind of look alike. And it's like, they all have the exact same perfect nose. They have the exact same perfect mouth. They have the exact same perfect eyes. And then if you do their hair all the same, it's like, come on, you got to give us something. Give them a blue streak in their hair, something. I will say that the one thing that I found as a sort of mental trick for myself that really enhanced my enjoyment of watching the film the second time was that I started thinking of it less as a remake of a classic proto-slasher and more of a gritty reboot of The Facts of Life. <laughs> and at the point where Andrea oh, Martin stopped being Mrs. Mack and started playing Mrs. Garrett, but, but, this movie was a fucking delight. But Patrick, I mean, yes. even The Facts of Life had a fat girl. Come on. If I only mean... there was Natalie. If <laughs> only there was what Natalie. Or Tootie. Tootie, there was no Tootie, come yeah, on! I mean, I, I've never, granted, I've, I've never, you know, joined a sorority, I've never set foot in a sorority house. I am pretty sure that most sororities have, you know, you know at least one member who weighs more than 115 pounds. <laughs> well, they, but they left to go skiing. I mean, I mean, all what, of the all what, of the more hirsute or, or heavier uh, members of the house uh, all went skiing in one mass. <laughs> You bitches, uh, we're going to Vail. That's right. <laughs> Everyone with hips, get in the car. We're going oh, skiing. Yeah. That's the party I'm joining. <laughs> Everyone above a they size the, four, hit the van right now. They got, they the, good, fam- they got the good food. Yeah. They all they all have families who love them. You know, it's like the pretty girls. Pretty girls in in movies. Pretty girls never have parents who love them. You know, pretty girls are always rejected. So that's another kind of a trope, at, I think. At one point, one of the characters tells Lauren the the drunkie. Uh, she complains that oh, you're a better sister than my own sister, and and she says, uh, Dick Cheney is a better sister to you than your own sister, and yes. I liked that line. Just the, imagining for a second Dick Cheney being somebody's sister put a smile on my face. <laughs> it was it was the the most clever line of the entire movie for sure. That was the standout. <laughs> like that had to be improvised. It was it was too good. It was too good. Uh, so let's get back into it. Let's do a quick body count. Who's still left alive at this point in the movie? Just about everyone that you would have gone to see this movie to go see. All of the TV stars are still in this movie. Andrea Martin is still alive. I, I had to 
continuously look at the cast list on IMDb in order to remember their character names. So do I have a whole list of jokes about who they are and they're well-observed? No, because we never find out who these people are. They're dominated by one characteristic. And in some points, no characteristics at all. I, 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 I'm mystified by the lack of characterization in this movie by two people who were pretty good at doing just that, both in TV and in the movies. I find it mystifying. Yeah, and then what do they do? They add more characters. We we, yeah. we get we get this this sister character. Is this is this Lee? I've already I literally finished watching this movie like 20 minutes ago. And, and, and it is Lee. That's Lee. Yeah, she yeah. is Claire's sister, and yes. and and like um like Kyle Oliver Hudson's character. This is and and Eve are characters who are very very briefly set up as suspicious, and yes. and and the and the movie goes nowhere with it. Like here is this sister that Claire has never mentioned before. She's being bitchy for no other reason, for no reason, just like everybody else in the house. Yeah, you know, she just comes in there like, you know, like flailing around like Alexis Carrington and, and you know, somehow this sister that Claire has never mentioned anybody before but has bought an expensive engraved watch for. Um and so, you know, she's you know, for like thirty five seconds is is, you know, held up as maybe this is the killer. And then just nah, no, nope, we're not gonna we're gonna drop that. It's almost as if for motivation Every single actor in the movie was handed an overdue credit card bill right before their scene began. They just look, everybody like, just fuck, looks- I thought I paid this. Yeah. I mean, All right. And action. <laughs> yeah. Nobody in this movie is scared. They seem annoyed and angry. And, and how dare this happen to me on Christmas Eve? Like like, yeah, like even when even when things start going down and the bodies start stacking up, everybody's like, "Fuck! Oh fuck! Holy fuck!" And it's just like, <laughs> and it's like, you know. But at yeah, no, go ahead. At go the ahead. same at the same time, they're helpless, and you know that's kind of again the difference between a classic slasher movie you know the girls usually get strong you know they're they, they're like fighting back there there's or at least one girl who who gets tough and kind of defends everybody who, who kind of pulls everyone together you know you have the jamie lee curtis character in the original um they just had so much more strength even when they were unappealing and slutty and whatever they were 70s sorority girls all the way but they still had a strength to them. These girls have no strength, you know? There's literally scenes where they're just sitting on the floor crying, you know, while they could be easily grabbing something and smacking this these jerks on the head. You know, it, it's it's really, this movie does not like its women. It's, it's not a, you know, you can tell the, well, the writer-director, who, by the way, is the husband of Lee, the actress who plays Lee, mm-hmm. um, that's his wife, so, surprise, surprise, he could have gotten someone with a little more personality, but he got his wife, who has the exact same hair as everybody else, um, and the exact same makeup. Um, but, again, I don't get the impression that Mr. Morgan is, I don't know, I, I'm not really familiar with his other work, but uh, is a is is a real uh, pro-female kind of guy. I don't right, know. and, I, and I, I feel like, you know, part of me wants to be charitable and say, like, that this is maybe a deconstruction 
of slasher movies where you know it's a little it's supposed to be a little you know sly parody and at the same time like well no it may be just badly written you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you know i mean it's maybe it's just you know because otherwise i mean there, there's just no reason to have these characters you know again who clearly can't stand to be in the same room room together at the best of times suddenly banding together and looking out for each for each other it's just it's it's you know oh well we're sisters oh really you could have fooled me you all acted like you just met that night right <laughs> And they split up anyway, and they're yeah. like, "Okay, and they're like, we're all, all right, sisters. We'll, see ya." Yeah, we're gonna go Bye. out and get. We're gonna go out and start the car. You know? <laughs> Good luck, sister. <laughs> There's no redeeming. Um, Nobody has a redeeming quality. Nobody. Oh, I don't know. That's necessarily true. I mean, some of them are pretty, and others are gorgeous. <laughs> Um, Lee Colvin is, as we mentioned earlier, is Claire's older sister, and she's introduced into this movie as if she is a Bond villain, and she's yet another, in a, as we said, a long line of red herrings that are neither fishy nor even the slightest bit pink. I, 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 I would have loved it if they had just given us one fucking character who was introduced as evil, who turned out to be fucking evil. I put I put on my note for Lee. I put I described her as another mysterious asshole. Right. <laughs> because, because you know that's how Kyle could be described a mysterious asshole. We do we we don't know anything about him. All we know is he's a townie, and and you know, he keeps fucking these girls, but doesn't like them, and keeps no. you know, you know it makes makes that very abundantly clear that he does not like them. But you know, it, 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 then and then oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, Eve is not a mysterious asshole, but Eve is a mysterious weirdo. That, that Eve is mysterious. Nothing. Yeah, she shows. They do she, she appears on screen for thirty seconds. She's the most interesting character in the movie. She's the only one. You sort of want to be like, okay, let's hear her story. She's well, in this. Bedroom. They throw a bunch of red herring stuff at her. She has that that weird art piece in on the wall of her room yeah. that has a yellow eye. She has yellow gloves. She has all yeah. these things that point to her is like her her she's agnes she's agnes she's agnes yeah. and they don't follow through with any of it no uh, and nor is the reveal that she ends up being dead like a big surprise right. because it happens you know, it was, it was so a... quickly on the and the edge of somebody else but, dying but the problem is that she, her character is, is so you know so little on screen i did not even realize that was her like when her, right. when her when her when her head falls out of the car, I'm like, oh, I guess is that Claire? <laughs> and then, uh, and then I'm sorry, <laughs> this is not true, Gina. She is the character with glasses. Yeah, but she didn't have yeah, the glasses. Her... She had the glasses on when her when her when her when her head fell out of the car. The only yes, the only they... the only way I knew was when um what's her face the the heroine calls the cops and says, oh, it was Eve Agnew. I'm like, it was okay <laughs> you say so i'll take your word for it <laughs> well again it's they the do it's the classic nerdy girl she's very pretty without her glasses with her hair down she'd look just like everybody else but you know for that to that for this in this little world you know she's the ugly girl and so they put they put black glasses on her face that makes her ugly um but yeah it would it, 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 it so when her decapitated head rolls out she ha doesn't have the glasses on and again she just you know you just can't tell her apart um Nobody here has a nose of any significance, you know? <laughs> Whittle just... down to nothing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
so once Eve is, or once, uh, not Eve, uh, once, <laughs> God damn it, now it's happening to me. Once Lee is introduced to this, the, the machinations start to begin in earnest. So the first thing Lee does is notice that there's a present under the tree from Billy, not to Billy. And when they open it up, they discover that it's a baby doll without eyes, just like Billy's sister, daughter, his, his daughter, sister. His sister, his daughter, his daughter, his sister. It's a <laughs> Chinatown situation, but stupid. Yes. <laughs> uh, and and wrapped, wrapped in newspaper, that's the sign. That's the signal that it's Billy. He wraps everything in newspaper. Yes, that's his, his MO is that he, he wraps very well with newspaper, which is a legitimate skill. You're telling me people don't yeah. have characteristic, you know, character design. Here we go. Billy wraps really well with newspaper. I mean, that's something right there. This like should be an Oscar contender. The, the, this movie came out in 2006, correct? Yes. They're, they're, they're yeah. talking about, oh, this newspaper is so old. It's from 1992. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> uh, I was 20 in 1992. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I, I, kept, you know, I kept sort of conflating the the original in my head so i'm like oh okay it's a bunch of old newspapers so it's probably from like the 70s i'm like i'm like oh no this is like something and this goes back to my my rant from the last episode which in turn goes back into my rant from friday the 13th in which a very recent murder case is treated like like a long ago folk legend where they're, they're they're like you know sitting around the fire telling stories about old Billy Lenz back in you know, back in the far off year of ninety two you know and it's like it's like most of your audience was like in high school or college in nineteen ninety two. You can hear my bones creak just thinking about it. Um, it's so here we go. Everything's happening at once now. So. The house loses power, and we start just slamming through plot threads. Kelly discovers that Kyle has made a sex tape with Megan, uh, and then... Is that who the, I, uh, I still don't understand that. Is it... <laughs> which one of them it's is he so supposed lazy. to be... It's so lazy. Which one of them is he supposed to be, air quotes, dating? Kelly. But he had previously made a sex tape with Megan and then lets it fly in conversation when he starts trying to explain himself to her that a co-worker stole his tapes, plural, that, so that was... connotes that he's has more than one sex tape of him awkwardly looking in the distance while he's humping somebody to see if the camera's on or in focus. I don't know what so, he's trying to so do. So was Megan, did Megan have it on her computer because she just saw that it was online? Yeah, she had earlier, yeah. when they introduced his character, he got a call from Megan and she was mad at him. Oh, and it was okay, basically, okay. you're supposed to infer that she was saying, what's the deal? I just found the sex tape with my sorority sister on it. You jerk, you know, and, and that's kind of, that's what, what gives the motivation for Kyle to have killed her. You know, if you, you know, if you absorb that, which was really hard to absorb that. I mean, you wouldn't really notice it. And then he says, I wasn't dealing. I wasn't knocking over a 7-Eleven as an excuse for, like, what a good guy he is. It's so, oh, my God. Yeah, this is a real Rudy Giuliani sort of thing. Like, I didn't kill anyone and I didn't rob anyone. So anything less than that, 
I'm an angel, baby. Like, no, that's not really how it works. That's not how morality breaks down. There's not a murder somebody, rob somebody, everything else category. There's other crimes, and this guy has committed sex crimes. Yeah. I have a feeling what this movie was trying to do was kind of, again, call back to the original where, you know, the Jess in the original, this person Jess, had, which was uh, Olivia Hussey, uh, Mm -hmm. if I'm pronouncing it right, she was pregnant and she needed to get an abortion. You know, they threw in these very modern for that time um, sex issues, young women's issues. But again... The way it's handled in that movie is from the female perspective, and she's strong about it, and she's like, no, I'm getting this abortion, you know, and there's nothing you can do about it. Here, they're like, how do we modernize this? Let's like, what are young women's problems in the aught years? And they're like, sex tapes. But they don't handle it in a way that does anything for these women. Again, it's just the women being humiliated. You know, it's it's very, this movie is just... The, the girls are bitches, and then the movie itself, in its mega status, is, like, cruel to them, you know? It just doesn't give them any strength at all. Now, here's it a, might hate humanity. The it, entire it film might does. hate human beings. It definitely does. Now, one thing that I couldn't help noticing is while uh, uh, Kyle and what's-her-face, again, I'm already forgetting, I'm instantly forgetting, Kelly, Kelly um, are arguing, we see a point of view of, you know, a, a movie poster with, with Peter Lorre because you know what what you know college students in the early 2000s were really into was Peter Lorre movies especially these girls oh these girls yeah. would be all over Peter Lorre absolutely you know you know 1920s art film fans 100 Abs- absolutely college girls in the mid 2000s were into three things crop top Henleys boot cut jeans Peter Lorre that's everyone <laughs> So Everyone sh- was into it. The more the- shallow you were, the more you were into Peter Lorre. For- exactly. <laughs> exactly. The, the, so they show this poster and they show a shot of a thumbtack being pushed out of a wall from the other side. Now, <laughs> how thin are the walls in this house? Oh, that you could this- you could push out a thumbtack, which is about a quarter of an inch long. From a wall from the other side. Not just this house, but Billy's child. Well, yeah, that's right. It's the same house. Duh. So Billy had just torn apart, you know, at that point where he got that present and he had to get into the basement to see his father get murdered and buried. He had just torn that wall apart like it's paper. These these walls, it's like 19th century Japanese, you know, uh, like... (laughs) <laughs> like, you know, paper walls. I mean, the the whole house is practically made out of paper. It really is. I like, mean, you see that over and over again through like, this movie. Remember, that this remember, house. Remember in Raising Arizona, when when uh, when Nicholas Cage and John Goodman get into that fight, and like he just keeps punching like every wall. He just fist goes right through it, and he like he like throws it through the bathroom wall, and it just goes through like paper. <laughs> Yeah. That's what this house is like. It's constructed like a Super 8 motel. It's, it's, <laughs> which is how, I don't know how you know, anybody didn't know that, that Kyle was seeing other women at the sorority house. I mean, how did, you, how did you keep anything private from anybody? I mean, you sneeze and the whole house would have had to have heard it. Yeah. But but in you know, not just the, the thumbtack scene defies you know, all you 
normal you know, earth physics but then we have a scene in which um who, who's the really bitchy girl the the, the drunk one what is what is her name no lauren. idea lauren. lauren okay so yeah. she starts just ex- you know explosively vomiting everywhere and <laughs> and uh um uh, is it Michelle Trachtenberg's character who who takes her to the bathroom? I believe it is Melissa takes Lauren up to the shower, and that's where we discover that Billy is definitely back in the house now and has dug multiple peeping holes under the but, penny tile in the bathroom. Well, he would have to. How is he putting the tiles back? Right. Like he he He's he talented. pokes it. He pokes the tiles up. They flip like tiddlywinks. Like, like, how do you fit under a floor? I mean, you know, with the, they're, they're basically how, these characters at this point have become, and I th- I'm pretty sure um, Heather in our last episode kept comparing him to to uh, Tombs from the X Files, where yes. he was he could basically flatten himself, but but Tombs was literally an alien. This, this is just a, and again, I I watched I to be to be honest, I watched the first half like a month ago. I forgot why he is yellow. He was it was something he was eating. No, he has a he has some sort of liver deficiency. Oh, okay. He's born that way, yeah. So, but that makes him able to like skitter around like a crab and yeah, it makes him and squishy. Not only he can do it; Agnes can do it. Like, he's like he's like a sponge pants, a square, a square. Fuck, SpongeBob square pants. Yeah, he is can that, become any shape he needs. The memory of Steven Illenberg. <laughs> yes, this is the exact comparison I know he would have wanted if he were still among us. I mean, at this point, Billy and I said this to you uh, before we started recording, Patrick. He looks like a vampire lizard. <laughs> his his eyes are like this, like you know, again, like they look look like a vampire's eyes. He's like glowing yellow, and he's like flattening himself out and walking around on all fours, like he's some sort of like just weird, like 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 alien creature. And they're super strong, which I don't, I don't like. I mean, one of them was able to lift a man up by his head into yeah. into, into an attic crawl space. I mean, I yeah, but there's I, not a lot in Kyle's head to hold him down. No, but he also has like, like gravity's about, on like, your side. You know, he probably has about 175 pounds of body hanging off of his. head. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's just so much. There's so much of this. Is just like, you know, why and for what purpose? And and it's just, you know, it gets just so weird and out there. But it doesn't really. It doesn't. There's no payoff in in how weird it gets. It's just like it's very much a. Well, let's try this and that, and then let's try this other thing, and and yeah, you know, I I won't get yet to the reveal that really doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that in a little bit, but. But yeah, it's just he, you know, any, any, you know, idea that Billy was supposed to be, you know, at least physically a human being, I'm no longer sure about this. Well, you know, technically it's not the worst idea to have someone with jaundice. I mean, there is, there are diseases. I think there's like Gilbert's disease where you could have jaundice pretty much your whole life. So you have, you have, my mother had jaundice at one point and you are yellow as a Simpson. You really are. You're incredibly you know, shockingly yellow. Um, and it is very surreal to see someone with jaundice. So it's not the worst idea. And your eyes do get yellow also and, you know, kind of weirdly colored. And yet, and yet, he's still boring looking. Like, how did they not somehow make him more interesting looking? I, I don't know. There's something about his haircut. There's something about just the casting, his face. He's so boring. There's I nothing... think someone ordered a Brad Dorif type. 
and they're like, really oh, screwed up. we know a guy who's got Brad Dorf's haircut. And he's like, that's good enough for me. And they yeah. assumed that he would bring a Brad Dorif level of performance to this. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but he does not. No, they they somehow screwed even that up. You know, it's it's so simple. <laughs> it's so simple. There are so many interesting looking people out there. And that's again, we're not even getting to the ultimate of this p- complaint, which we will get to soon. Yeah, let's let's push through here. All these things are, are very happening. We've got three girls who are missing. Uh, Heather is uh, investigating two disappearances of note. One being Eve, and the other being her cornpone accent, which mysteriously disappears. Uh, then Lauren pukes, and Melissa takes her to the bathroom. We discover that there's a bunch of very close to the surface peeping holes available underneath the floor, which would make the floor very difficult to stand on without falling through. That's another element of physics that is difficult. Um, and, and, and I need to, and I need to ask how is, is he just going, is he just going in later and just putting the tiles back? I, or no one, I mean, she, Lauren does step on a tile that is out of place and just, discounts it out of hand because she's so drunk and out of it. Um, So wait, are are we suggesting this is the first time he's done this? No, there's no way he could have dug that many holes that quickly. He must have had this available to him when he was crawling through the crawl space like Bad Ronald for all those years. And then we get the butt shot. You know, we had to have that. Uh, We had to have a a nice little uh, girly nude shot, even though you know, it's 2006, and I don't know. Do people really even expect these things in movies anymore? I only want it if I'm gonna if I'm going to get it both ways. If I'm gonna see, but I want to see a, a nice pair of buns on top of it. We were denied this a lot in the last Friday the 13th movie, where we just didn't get to see a lot of dude nudity. I want parody. If you're gonna yeah, do it, right. do it all the way across the board and give everyone some eye candy already. Right. Um, but of course this, uh, cast is entirely female dominated and for whatever reason, they decided they wanted to put Oliver Hudson, a very attractive man in six layers of clothing. (laughs) He's walking around this well-heated house in uh, an amount of clothes that makes him look like fat Albert. And apparently stifles his acting ability into submission. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know that this movie carries anyone well. Everyone here has probably done, and I have seen many of them, do better things elsewhere. Oliver Hudson was much better telling my dumb jokes on ABC uh, last spring than he was in this movie. So uh, this is not a, this is a low point for almost everyone involved, with the exception of maybe the one guy playing Billy. This is about as good as it got for him. Yeah. So everyone's going everywhere. The lights are out in the house. Uh, Heather finds a bunch of old news articles about Billy and Eve's closet and two baby doll eyes. So that connects it to that present. So everyone is now suspecting Eve of something. Lee is searching the house for Claire. We know this because, as Gina noted earlier, she can't stop saying it out loud. Uh, She does get surprised by a Santa Claus decoration and utters the phrase, 
fuck you, Santa Claus. And I like that one. <laughs> I think there are elements in here where you can really tell that this was aimed at being a dark comedy. And yeah. then someone in the Weinstein company, whose name I refuse to utter, as if he has no nose and slithers around, he they decided... No, this has got to be a straight slasher. All people care about are people dying. And it's like they don't understand how movies work. And so they just stripped all of the interesting parts. And the oddities that are left are so odd, they seem out of place. But I think that was the point, or perhaps I'm giving them too much credit. That's the only thing I can figure out here. I think you're giving I... them too much credit. I still, th- I still think, I still think there's time for a class action lawsuit. Now, I know you guys discussed this last episode, but the trailer contained several scenes that are not in the movie. That was that was Harvey Weinstein requested those scenes. Girl under the lake, frozen, uh, some chick falling off the roof into a some kind of Christ- Christmas thresher. That was not in the movie, and I paid three dollars, you guys, three dollars. <laughs> To watch that you are mo- not getting back to watch this head. movie, <laughs> and, and I, th- I think, I think I have grounds. I don't think it's. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know how, how I know Mr. Weinstein's not having the best year, and I don't really mind making it slightly worse for him. So, class action suit. Anybody's interested? Go visit me at the Shining Two Thirty Seven <laughs> Facebook page. <laughs> let's get let's get this going. This is good. <laughs> file for your 11 cents uh, settlement. <laughs> that's right. Once the lawyer takes his cut, that's what you're going to get back, but you'll at least be able to kick a Weinstein in the nuts a little bit and you know, there are less noble pursuits. It's bait, sure. bait and switch. That was bait and switch what he did. Well, I mean technically, like let's get into technicalities here. I am a person who helps TV networks and movie studios make fake things that aren't in the shows that they're advertising. They're called special shoots. But I, the point of them primarily is so that you're not, you can only use so much footage from an actual show. You have to save something for the people who decide to tune in. So if you're going to do something extra, you shoot something just outside of that. And it's not, it's, it's rarer for movies to use special shoot things. But these are either completely different outtakes of the movie, like they reshot the entire thing, or they did shoot additional footage that has nothing to do with it to jazz it up. Meanwhile, at one point, a woman gets her entire face taken off by an ice skate. That's something. That's something. It's not nothing. Right. You you could sell a movie on that, and they decided not to do that. So there you go. Yeah, there's no Lake Lady here. No, we should do a uh, spinoff spinoff movie, the Lake, the Lady in the Lake, uh, Black <laughs> Christmas, two thousand six part two, the Lady in the Lake. Yeah, <laughs> two point <0. laughs> um, or two point five really. Uh, Dana thinks uh, she sees Eve under the house. At one point when she's out there smoking. So she decides to investigate. And then someone wearing Mrs. Lenz's nightgown attacks her. Uh, Dana gets in a one good shot uh, to this person's arm with a garden tool. But it's that very same implement that gets buried in the back of her head. R.I.P.D. Dana. 
someone was able to make fetch not happen. <laughs> I was going to say, we literally hardly knew ye. I, I, I could not tell her apart from <laughs> another cast member. And I've seen both of these people on television many times. That's super weird. Also, you know, if they wanted to do this a little kitschy, a little tongue in cheek, why can't those pajamas have like little snowmen on it? You know? Like, again, they chose, like, the most boring red pajamas for the killer. Uh, have little little penguins on it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? Wouldn't that be sort of winky-winky, little Santa, Santa heads? I don't know. Boring red pajamas. I don't know. I don't understand <laughs> it. I don't understand it. Well, I mean, that hot, that psychiatric hospital probably doesn't have the most festive pajama uh, selection for everyone. Oh, is that probably... Billy? Is that Billy? I'm... Ye- well, Billy is wearing the red pajamas, and then this other person, whom we be we we at one point the film alludes to this is all being done by one person, but that is right. physically impossible. So the this is the moment where it establishes there are two killers: one person with long hair who has let their their roots grow out a lot, and then Billy, uh, who is yellow. So. <laughs> This person is decidedly not yellow and has very long hair right. and puts that uh, claw tool into the back of Dana's head and then scuttles off. And have you talked about the snow that looks like oatmeal? We haven't really gotten to that. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, that's yeah. really highlighted things, when... I have things to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> it... confetti. It looks like confetti. It, it looks faker than fuck. I mean, it is. Re- I mean, that they look is like they're made. In, they look like they're inside a snow globe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and maybe, and may, again, maybe that was on purpose. I, I, I don't know if, if that was a yeah. stylistic choice. Uh, that would have uh, been kind uh, of. You're funny. giving the film yeah, too much I, I am, credit. I'm trying to find something. You're so pos- nice. You're so you're so kind. <laughs> I'm trying to find something positive to say about this movie and all I can come up with is that the kills are pretty good if not again defying all laws of physics and and they are absolutely 110% dedicated to to the the Christmas theme and that that's yes. it that's all that that and that's why I think well maybe it's supposed to look kind of like Chris like fake snow you throw in a tree I don't know probably <laughs> not um it's one thing to have fake snow because listen it's filming outdoors or in a real spot is difficult it was obviously filmed in inside of a studio i get that you're going to use fake snow but for insert shots use snow because this looks too obvious in hd on my giant television not to brag yeah, i mean i mean but, real snow is is wet it, it's clumpy it doesn't like it doesn't look like like detergent flakes. <laughs> like they're just like sweeping the snow off off the windshield like like it's powdered sugar. There's like it's it's nothing. And and this is what what made me so honestly angry about like so to to kind of jump ahead, they go outside, they open a car door, Eve's head tumbles out, which again, I didn't know that was supposed to be Eve until someone said something. Um so they go in, they call the police. Oh, there's someone been murdered, you know, you know, and we have three people missing. The cops are like, well, the snow is too bad. We'll get there in about two hours. And, and this is where I come back to, where the hell are they? This is supposed to be a college campus, is, is, is yes. it not? 
Is this out? It's in a the college Rockies? campus on the moon. Is this? Is this? I mean, is this up in the Rockies? And let 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 me be. Let us point out if you've not seen this movie, there is. If there's more than four inches of snow on the ground, I, I will eat my hat. Yes, I know. I mean, they're, they're just they're just walking back and forth from the house to their cars like it's nothing. And the cops are like, "Whoa, we can't get out to this house to investigate this severed head found in your front lawn because there's just too much snow on the ground." You could you could blow on the ground and see the grass. That's how thin the snow is on the ground. Uh, there's no way. I mean, it's not even half an inch of snow. I mean, it's covering. It's is snow it, that it's is like covered. Dusting. The there is no depth. That, no I mean, depth. I mean, you, you, Susan, you you live in New York. This wouldn't this wouldn't even slow down the train service, and the train oh, service God, is no. already terrible. That it would not yes. it would not make no. it any worse. No. <laughs> and the cops are like, well, well, what are you gonna do? It's the blizzard of aught six, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the like, tree we'll, limbs we'll are the- down. You know, we, we have a we have a we, we have a we have a down we have a down tree in Mrs. Johnson's yard. We have to get to that before we get to the severed head right. in the front and lawn. She, and she doesn't even tell the cop that the sever the head's been severed. She's like, "Yeah, we have a dead girl." You know, I did, I mean, I think you would capture the police's attention if you mentioned that she was decapitated. Like, yeah, all, all, that yeah, all she says be... is, "We're all she says we're sure she was murdered." Yeah, so you would. <laughs> You wouldn't say that. You'd say we found a head. A head rolled out of a car (laughs) to our feet. But then it ruins the surprise for the police. Like you got to give them something. You make them drive out in a snowstorm. They got to see something cool, man. The one thing. The one thing I thought was so another another inexplicable choice in this movie is that there are never any cops. Not once. Like, even at the end, when you're down to the final girl and she's in the hospital, there are no police. And and I realize that it's Christmas Eve. And, and you know, everybody you know, has a night off, which now... I mean, I worked in the hotel industry for about six years. N- you know, it, nothing nothing is closed on Christmas Eve anymore. No, no. I mean, there, there's you know, there's no reason that that hospital is as understaffed oh, as it is. God, there's no reason that there's no there there's not a single not not even one cop posted outside of her hospital room where yeah. she's the, the the sole survivor. Well, besides Lee, up to a certain point of a mass murder. There's not a, there's nobody on duty to watch it because again it's Christmas Eve. What do you want? You know? And again, go, going back to the original, they did have a, a whole police presence in it, and they used that as a you know a little bit of a comedy outlet. They had one goofy police guy, and they had one tough cop. Right, and that was like one of the best parts of the movie. Is it was Margot Kidder just going back and forth with this yes. cop who didn't know what the word fellatio meant. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It gives you material. Like you have those kinds of characters, you know, you mix it up a little bit, you have more material to work with. And then like when they were, you know, the whole, the cops have to um, trace the phone call. That's a really exciting part of that movie where he's like, it's, you know, of course, again, it's a 74, so they didn't have the technology. So he had to physically go through this whole building trying to trace the call physically with this telephone equipment. And it's really a wonderful wonderful uh kind of suspenseful thing but you you know that's not gonna ha- not gonna happen in this movie you're not gonna get anything no like that. i mean i mean it would make more sense if they had already gone on like their winter trip to like a ski lodge or i don't know a closed down summer camp in new jersey maybe <laughs> but i mean there is another sorority house across the street 
Yeah, they never attempt to uh, yes. go to and that they house. Never, they never with the lights open, on. They never open the windows and say, "Hey, help! There's somebody here trying to kill us." They don't think to 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 you know you know, group together and and go the fifty yards. Right. How far could they be from campus? I mean. Why do you have a sorority house unless it's to live conveniently somewhere near the campus? Like, that's why they are made, you know? It's yeah, housing I mean, the, for the university. Yeah, the, the sense of isolation that, that this movie is trying to create is you know, nonsensical and extremely unwarranted. I, I did not feel that there was no escape for these characters at any point. I, I did not. There feel... is escape, but they refused to use they, any method that would allow them to do it. You know, there there is no reason they couldn't just. I mean, I get the whole well. What if Claire comes back and there's a... then Claire can leave the house. I mean, if she goes <laughs> if she goes to the house and she sees, oh hey, nobody's here. You know, she could she could you know call or she could get back in her car and drive across the street to the other sorority house you know i, I did not i did not leave a it. note there is no sense that they were really trapped it's like you could leave anytime you want to and they just leave drunky by herself in her room as if that's a safe place to be let's just leave drunky passed out in her bed and not worry about her we're just yeah, gonna not you, worry about she's her. she's fine we're gonna wait around for the, the characters we're pretty much sure are already dead well uh to get to that so mrs mac and heather decide they're not going to wait for the police they're going to get inside that retro station wagon outside and drive away to safety uh mrs mac attempts to de-ice her windshield with a snow brush for christ's sake i'm from glendale california you do not clear a windshield that is iced up with a snow brush you use the scrapey part on the other side and then, and then and then inside the car, um, Heather appears to have encountered a scanner. <laughs> yes, Billy <laughs> something scans her. Something in that car explodes like a watermelon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she she goes pop. Uh, her head's like a fruit gusher commercial inside of that. We, we don't know what happens to her, but it is uh, very explosive. Uh, this ends Mrs. Mac back in disbelief so hard she slams into the garage door, which dislodges an icicle, which drops from, I'd say, four feet over her head, but it goes through her skull. And it's not that big. I mean, come on. This is like <laughs> the lamest death. The, I mean, how, what were they? I, I cannot fathom. The writing here. They have a killer right there in front of her, uh, you know, inches away. Uh, she doesn't even go in. You know, she could have just, like, tried to go in and save the girl and get killed somehow. But no, she steps back and an icicle falls on her head. And, you know, well, she's, uh, I mean. She's also angry because a girl from the South doesn't know how to de-ice a windshield. Which, you know, I, 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 you don't have to be mad about that. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I would expect somebody who grew up in the South to know how to de-ice a windshield. <laughs> There, there is a version of this movie that is like Tucker and Dale versus evil in which all the people dying are ultimately dying by their own hand. <laughs> and that would be vastly more interesting than what we see here because that is straight out of Final Destination, which Glenn Morgan should know well because he helped co-write Final Destination, several of them by, at this point, uh, yeah. before he directed this film. So... I can understand him wanting to, I don't know, 
draft on that ability, but he is no he's not his partner when it comes to directing that stuff. And therefore it just seems silly because uh, an icicle falling off of, uh, of a rooftop onto a person is not going to go through their skull when it's only four feet away from them. That is just physically impossible. And if you watch it over and over, which I'm doing right now as we speak, I mean, <laughs> it's not even sharp when you look up at it. And then it's like, you know, super sharp when it when it's gone through her head. The, you know, again, the physics in this movie, it's, you know, pure magic. Um, if only they had like, you know, run with some kind of magical element so that you'd at least, you know, feel like it made some magical sense but no the physics in this movie are just uh it gets and it gets better it just gets but better. how did how did i have a question for both of you how did billy get into this car the, the two women had difficulty getting into the car because uh, the ice had, had frozen the door shut so what did billy do to get gain entrance to this vehicle did he go through the tailpipe I was, because I was he's yellow like he a looked, banana i was actually gonna say he just squeezed himself you know into into the tailpipe <laughs> banana in the tailpipe <laughs> right the door would not have been sticking at that point because somebody had already opened it and closed it but he sneaks in from the other side <laughs> oh my god none of this movie makes sense um i'm really wondering why i liked it so much when i saw it in the movie theater oh, you saw it. i no, may like, have I been drunk you, i was gonna say i i you know <laughs> I, I I gave this movie my all. I tried to be as charitable as I could be, and and there was some interesting seeds planted that they did nothing with. There's a more interesting movie inside this movie, but we can't critique it. We can only observe that it could have been better. But there, all the elements that would have made it a better film are inside of it. They're just not allowed to show us it, including two scenes that apparently might have been in the movie or might not have, and they decided to put in the trailer. We hear Mrs. Max scream. This causes Kelly and Lee to run outside to try and find her, uh, but they can't get out to where she is because her body is blocking the gate. Um, and then <laughs> they go back in the house i can't even remember oh, why that's what's happening there it's you know another thing about this movie is it's it's the i like a fast-paced movie i mean that's one of the positives is the fast-paced movie but in some places the editing is so rapid it's a little too rapid and you're just like wait what what's going on you know you can't quite make out what the actions are it's not holding the camera long enough or it's not just not everything's so dark you can't i i had no idea what was going on there their screams uh cause melissa to leave drunky alone in her room uh but before she can get down the stairs billy version two um attacks her with a plastic bag she's able to elbow her way out of that one uh and then she finds her way back to her room uh, beats the hell out of billy version two with a ski pole uh, but still can't make her way out the window and that's when billy version two picks up uh, an ice skate and just slings it at this human being, and the ice skate slices off the entirety of Melissa's face. It's like it's like an um, or the back of her skull. Of, because we see her face later on. She's scalped. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Because uh, it, it just reminded yeah, me of yeah. the uh, in um, 
the road warrior when uh when, when he has the bladed the bladed uh, um boomerang boomerang just, he just, like, yeah he just like flings this thing at her and it just you know from like five feet away which like how how, how much you know you know thrust are you getting on this and it just takes <laughs> off the back of her head like it's nothing well, the power of a Christmas has given um, them Hercules-like powers, apparently. It must have. I mean, I, I expect to hear, like, a fairy dust sound or something like that. <laughs> he, he just, like, it should I mean, it could have, I mean, I suppose it could have hurt her if, if you it hit in just the right way. But, I mean, there's, again, the, the physics of this are, are impossible. It would have to kind of right. hit and then go up. Like, and her, her blades would have to be so sharp. I mean like razor 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 sharp which most skate blades you know uh, 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 yeah i mean you know if you're playing you can walk hockey, on the mound carpet you if you play professional hockey then yeah your your blades are gonna be pretty sharp i mean there there are some pretty horrific you know videos of players getting injured by other players blades but that's again that's professional hockey i don't think Melissa well, we don't know about melissa's player. that she plays wing for the detroit uh, red wings <laughs> Yeah, so it's just like like you know, and and we we started with uh oh, wait, oh no no we haven't gotten to to Kyle showing up yet that comes momentarily just this this shot later of after he no we Kyle. have we have to get through we have to get through Lauren's death now oh <laughs> because yeah. do Lauren we have, and do we have to get through Lauren's death it's just oh god uh, and... listen needless to say somehow Lauren gets molested in her stupor. Uh, which she's okay with for the first minute and a half, and not so okay with in the last thirty seconds. She gra- No, I think I she doesn't. I don't, don't want to ponder what's actually supposed to be going. No, I think on she there. doesn't know. She doesn't. She's not aware of what's happening at all. Yeah, you know, she's she's as if you would just sleep through something like that. But you know, but how how would the person all get all the way up into the bed and still remain? I mean, under the covers, which isn't an un scary idea. But I I don't understand why I keep seeing this person's face through silk sheets, and then they disappear. Dis- appear. Yeah, she like, when- rolls over and he's like gone again. He he's like he's a person, but he's also a ghost and kind of looks <laughs> like a vampire, but is also sort of like inhuman at the same time. He might and- be Morbius. I think we may have found a Morbius. Everyone. <laughs> It's like lightning, yeah, lightning speed. She she looks up and he's not there, and then boom, he's on top of her. It's just physics. No, nope, nope, no, no physics. Uh, and uh, this killer, whichever one it is, uh, grabs a, a crystal unicorn and manages to stab her, apparently through the eye. But here's the other thing: at a certain point. <laughs> Let's, we're going to skip ahead just slightly. At a certain point, we see that the killer has been collecting eyeballs that are still strung together by the tendons or muscles that they I, might be attached yeah, but, to. But then, like, he kills Kyle later, and they just, like, snacks on his eyeballs like they're grapes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just, like, pops them in his mouth, bites it, you know, goop flies out of his mouth <laughs> because this movie isn't gross enough, you know? <laughs> What you don't know is if you eat enough eyeballs, you become super strong. Is that what? And it is? people won't people won't tell you this because then everyone will start eating eyeballs. Well, what if like what? what if you're like me? You have like really poor vision. Does that does that? 
if someone were to eat my eyes, would they still become strong or would it be like a little weaker? Just not as strong because okay. you really want to get somebody with 20-20 vision. Okay. If you, I, I if might you want be to be saved able to... then because I'm almost <laughs> legally blind. So I That's might... what, You should wear glasses and, and it throws <laughs> off the eyeball thieves. You know, killing people and then gouging their eyes out is superfluous. Wouldn't a better and more scary movie be one where he just gouges their eyes out and leaves them living? I mean, doesn't that sort of give you the creeps a little bit more? I mean, this is just, you know, he's already, they're already dead. So it's not even that he's he's gouging them; he's tearing them out. Which, which I'm not sure how you do that and manage to have that you know, handy little cat toy yarn string going on be- be- between the. <laughs> The middle of them. I mean, I'm pretty sure your eyes aren't. I mean, I I'm not a I'm not a biology student. I I've never studied anatomy, <laughs> but but that's okay because this the people who made this movie have not either. I don't think your eyes are connected to each other. I think I they're think, optical nerves. I think they're nerves. Yeah, they're 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 not connected by one single vein or like yeah. a thread that when you that when you pull them out you can play like those those remember those those uh knocking balls like the kids used to play with where you kind of they they bang next to each other and go back and yes. forth i don't think you can do like that with the executives eyeballs. toy that, yes, that's exactly. on a person's desk oh my god if only there was a series he was just kind of chilling in his house with, like, <laughs> one of those things just made out of a series of eyeballs <laughs> see, you, you and see again a better movie the three of us are are working together to make a better version of this movie <laughs> you know you could have susan's suggestion of just him gouging people's eyes out and just leaving them to suffer and still have a scene where he's got the the you know the eyeballs lined up for an executive desk toy twirling them like a I mean, pocket that, watch that's the thing about this movie is it suffers a little bit from samey sameyness when it comes to the deaths because they all have to lead to eyeballlessness and so it's a lot of stabbing eye sockets and 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 suffocating people i feel like in the eyes thing you know he clearly has an obsession with eyes but we really don't ever find out why right it's no. it's just you know this is his, this is his thing but usually, you know, if a killer in a movie has you know a very specific, you know, mo and what he does to his victims, there's Fetish, usually yeah. s- some vague explanation. And as yet, to this why? movie spends so much time telling us shit about this guy. It there's all that whole scene in the in the psychiatric hospital where the guards like, "Hey, hold on, movie, let me tell you about another movie." And then this, <laughs> then Kyle wanders in to this movie and goes, hey, wait a second, let's pump the brakes. Let me tell you about another movie. And they have whole sequences where they tell you all this backstory that ends up not mattering all that much because there's no clues there. Right. They have, they have plenty of room to work with and they didn't use it efficiently. Uh, so, uh, oh my God, where are we up to? Um, Kyle, sh- Kyle shows up after, uh, oh, after yes. Warren is killed. Yes, he's the shadowy figure in the background, and uh, unfortunately, no one kills Kyle right then and there, because they would be justified. Yes. I would be better off, but they decide when they hear something in the attic, they have to investigate, and Kyle goes, I'll go first, and everyone else in the movie goes, good, and he 
Crawley gets up the and, ladder. And all they have, all they have with them, they know there's a killer up there. And all they have, they have a fork for roasting marshmallows. That Lay's still got that fork mm-hmm. for roasting marshmallows, which is like you could bend it, you know, like it's nothing. And, but she lost the marshmallow. She, she did she take did that lose, off. She did eat the marshmallow. Someone ate the marshmallow. <laughs> but... And then he kind of whips out this little tiny knife. And there, you know, there's this whole, I mean, they don't have a cleaver in the kitchen. They don't have a hammer or something. Pans, pots and pans would be better weapons than what these people are carrying. They have a whole house of cooking utensils. But no, they have a little marshmallow fork and they have a tiny little knife. That's what it's they're a going butterf- it's a butterfly knife that's, straight out of my fifth grade dreams. Yes, that's, what, that's what that's what they're going up there to, to this big meaty invincible killer. Uh, this movie must have been sponsored in some way by American Outfitters because it spends so much time looking at Kyle's boot cut jeans that I'm like, holy <laughs> fuck! I get it. He's wearing jeans. Uh, Kyle opens up the attic door. Only to be snatched by Billy or Billy version two, I can't tell you, uh, who wraps up his head in plastic and then yanks him up like he weighs 15 ounces. Um, again, eyeball eating strength, I guess, is what happens here. Or as, and if, he, as if that thin plastic somehow helps them, you know, pull these people up. They use um, <laughs> green plastic bags. Now, one of the magical things of the original movie was, of course, the girl sitting in the rocking chair with the plastic bag over her head. But mm-hmm. what was so scary about that was that you could see her face through the bag. Here, it's all opaque bags. There's no horror to it. You don't see their faces. I don't understand that choice. That choice has been bothering me through the whole movie. Why would you use green glad bags when you could be using you know like these there's these nice translucent where you see these horrified faces suffocated under the the plastic you know i think i think the reason is mainly technical so they can do all these head puncture gags using a mannequin where you don't see it's uh, a mannequin it's it's to try to sell the illusion of all the head stabs that happen, like this one to Kyle when he gets stabbed in the head with a unicorn ornament again. Again, that fucking unicorn ornament at this point has gone. to be dull. It's gone through so many skulls. Speaking of uh, questionable choices, uh-huh. um, we uh, we do discover at this point that there are actually two killers. Yes. Uh, the other one is Agnes, yes. who is. Very obviously a man. Yes. I, I, yep. I, I don't, they don't, I mean, he doesn't speak in a high-pitched voice other other than other than having long hair, which might be a wig. It, it kind of looks a little bit like a wig. Well, I mean, it probably is a wig on the actor, but I mean, you know, it, it kind of just looks like you, a killer wearing a bad wig to make him look like a woman. He's very yeah. obviously a man. And, and, and at this point, I stopped the movie for a second and I'm like, Huh. Hmm. This is puzzling. An, that it is. It it brings into question everything we've been told. Either everyone has been telling this story wrong, or Mrs. Lenz had this baby and decided she wanted a daughter and not a son, another son, and therefore raised little, Agnes as no, because she. What the time that they show Mrs. Lenz being murdered 
Agnes is a little girl. She well, yes. I mean, she's like supposed to be like like eleven or twelve. Um, she, she's yeah. you know she's very she's she's a girl, and and she does not have blonde hair. So I don't know why I don't know why it is the yeah, it is it, the ultimate fruition of what we've been talking about all along. Bad casting, and you know you look at like um hereditary where they found this very interesting little girl who fit in with she had a slightly odd look so you knew there was something slightly off about her there are plenty of women they could have chosen who looked inbred you know there are plenty of character actor women out there there's 300 million people in this country they couldn't find a woman who looked odd and who looked sort of inbred who would have been happy to have accepted the hundred thousand dollars whatever they would pay her to play this role and just play a really hammy villain have fun with it and, and no, mean, no they just they just cast a man and, and it's and, so rare to have a female slasher in a movie and they and no they can't even allow that fresh take you know the idea of a female slasher in this movie which would have turned the movie a little bit on its head no they couldn't even they couldn't even take advantage of that aspect of it they had to cast a man uh, and i mean it, how there's, there's a, there's a How... point. There's a point that I got so confused that I thought I was having a stroke, because <laughs> because we we still don't know that you haven't. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, my 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 arms like kind of tingly here to be to be class action lawsuit. Exactly because um uh uh the Kelly the heroine yes Kelly yes I don't know she yes. she stabs who she thinks is Billy because he's a man um mm-hmm. in, in the in in the eye with with you know with i believe the the unicorn statue again he just it's the fork from the fireplace oh, it's the, the marshmallow fork, fork. Okay. the marshmallow, the marshmallow just, fork he, you he air quotes just pulls the fork out and the 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 effects in the scene are so bad that he looks like he's wearing a mask and and <laughs> yeah and then she says something she calls him agnes and then he, he he says again in a in a male voice not not even I mean if anything he he sounds a little bit like he's trying to sound like a kid, but but this it's definitely a male voice saying you know I have my daddy here, and I'm like, wait what is this the dad from earlier in the movie the one that that the wait no she's talking about Billy that's supposed to be Agnes <laughs> like. And I just like the look on my face. I mean, just I, I, I just furrowed brow, you know, jaw slightly askew. I was like, what? <laughs> you know, this I is mean, supposed what, to be. What would this movie have been like? This is supposed if to the be whole, Agnes. What would this movie have been like if instead of Billy killing off all of these women, he broke out of the psychiatric hospital to stop his sister daughter? From killing all the women inside the house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, and you had obviously, a... Agnes was going to show up at some point. I mean, I mean, yes. obviously, either she was going to be, you know, Eve, or she was going to be Lee, or she was going to be some other heretofore unrevealed character. She was going to show up at some point and probably be the killer or one of the killers. But this is just done in such a weird and and nonsensical way, and and it's just. Again, I like I had I honestly had to stop for a second. I was like that gif of the woman looking at the diagram and like and like trying to figure out what's happening here and and it's just like okay, th- you know, there's no need for a slasher movie to be this confusing. 
The other lost opportunity is, you know, supposedly what we're supposed to, I think, get from the ending of this is that she'd been living in that attic this whole time and nobody knew about it. And because you see dolls, you see like, you know, kind of weird little odd children's playthings around the attic that I assume were supposed to belong to her. And I think we're supposed to assume that she had been living in there and Eve Eve had some connection, you know, her, that was her room. And I, I don't know, there was some strange connection there, which we never understand. But you could have really explored that, you know, this little strange attic apartment, this girl, this woman, uh, he woman had been living in all these years. It would have been more, you know, could have been a very interesting little um, tableau, you know, in this movie. And no, you know, nope. It's, it's like just total confusion. It wants to have its cake and eat it too. It wants to have the hider in the house thing from the original Black Christmas, but it also wants to have an expansive backstory that you have to memorize very quickly in order to understand the great reveal at the end. So it's nutty. I think the room in the attic was actually Billy's at one point, and she has, and she, after being at the orphanage then resides in Billy's old room right. and hides in the crawl spaces like her son or her daddy brother. Yes, yes. Oh, God. Anyways, the whole <laughs> fucking place is filled to the brim with candles, like a Catholic church worth of candles. And somewhere in this melee, Lee ends up falling through the floor of the attic onto the second floor. Fortuitously. <laughs> And then uh, we uh, see a bunch of life model casts of the rest of the cast with all their eyes gouged out. And then the entire place starts to catch on fire slowly but surely. Um, and, and I was going to say, here's where the edits go nuts. I mean, they just edit and the edits are lightning fast. And you just have you just cannot keep track of really what's going on. It's very confusing. But she, yeah, um, Kelly, is it Kelly? I don't even yes, know. Kelly. Kelly? <laughs> She falls, <laughs> she falls through the wall, slips down quite a ways, and then at the same time, Billy has slipped through the wall. So the two of them have slipped through the wall. Yeah, Lee... Agnes falls first, then she falls to like the second floor, and then Billy is crawling down from the top. So she's getting yeah, sandwiched this, by so, psycho suddenly people. This, suddenly this two-story house has grown to about five stories somehow. <laughs> <laughs> It's some sort of matrix fight is occurring inside of this house in the in the crawl space, and Lee has to find a spot to bust it open. Uh, and so finally, she finds a space in the laundry room and pulls Kelly out before uh, either Agnes or Billy can reach her in full. But at the same time, all the fire that happened in the attic has slowly but surely been pulled into the crawl space via this string of lights. And this is meant to be sort of a Final Destination-like thing where we see that, okay, that's connected to that, and that's and the string of lights is connected to the pram, and the pram is connected to the burning Christmas tree, so that when we see each element slide down into the crawl space, we know that the fire is getting closer. But it's edited... Like a crazy person has taken over an Avid machine and they're just touching buttons. It's yeah. like my son when he was two in an elevator, just touching buttons. <laughs> yes, yes. 
And uh, oh, we forgot to mention Eve Eve's head at the top of the Christmas tree, by the way, which they show like four times because that's the money shot of the whole movie, I think, is Eve's but head. But they put with, the glasses back on glasses, so you know it's Eve. Glasses. But, you know, with Harvey Harvey Weinstein was like, I want to see that four times, well, no less than four <laughs> times. I pay for those glasses. I want to see those glasses. <laughs> It's the money shot. It's the it's the it's like sort of the the only really kind of you know beautifully shocking. It's it's uh, and and they couldn't even shoot it from another angle. They just repeat the exact same shot four times. Yeah, I, I just I feel like this was completely re-edited by somebody else at some point because yes, it just doesn't make any narrative sense at all. But that's not to say that when they shot it, it didn't look good. So it's real confusing. And here's another example of this. We don't know whether or not it's Kelly or Lee grabs this very convenient plastic jug of paint thinner and starts splashing it everywhere now that the on-fire Christmas tree has entered into the crawl space. So in the hopes that when they leave, uh, Billy and Agnes will burn to death. And then we cut to a hospital. And what, and what do we got? This is... Another wisecracking morgue attendant. I looked at the clock at this point and go, 15 fucking minutes are left in this? I, <laughs> now, I <in> my... <laughs> This ending did not exist, right? The movie had actually ended with the house. And I believe this is, again, Mr. Weinstein saying, no, 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 we need a whole new ending. Is that right? Oh, we can't have two women survive. We, we got to cut that in half. Yes. And we need and we need another wisecracking morgue attendant because the audience loves wisecracking morgue attendants. Oh man, he he consumes food, he, he drinks, I was gonna say, he swears, he's everything we want in a corner. I was gonna say he's drinking eggnog because it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> but uh, he hears a noise coming from one of the body bags, and this is where it is revealed that these people who should have burned alive have just been playing possum inside of these bags not only is billy still alive but agnes is still alive what are they getting out of these eyeballs the the go ahead sorry the the paramedics so first they would have removed the bodies from the house right so paramedics brought them to a hospital where you would have had a doctor examine the bodies and determine them dead and then brought them into the mortuary where you would have had these guys the more you know the morticians or the um what are the, what's the technical term? Medical examiners. Medical examiners. They can, They went through probably three layers of doctors. Two people. Two people. And they're both, they, 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 all of those people mistakenly thought they were dead. Well, I mean, they, um, they, you know, as we can, you know, as has been a, a, a running theme, I guess you want to call it that, it's Christmas Eve, you know, nobody's got time for this shit. Nobody's got time. <laughs> you, you got, you, you got like, you know, you, you, Charlie Brown Christmas to watch. You don't have time to improperly investigate, you know, the murder of eight people. <laughs> That's right. I got to go home and assemble my daughter's bike. I don't have time to determine whether or not this obviously dead body is these, dead. Just throw these carcasses on the, the, on the table. They're fine. They're not going anywhere. See, that would have been funny, though. That would have been actually a really funny scene if you had had that. If you had had them like, yeah, yeah, they seem dead. Go ahead, take them away. You know, that would have been, it would have made sense. It would have been funny. And it would have, you know, not made the ending. I mean, from here on in, from the moment you you get to the hospital to the end of the movie, it is just nonstop stupidity. I mean, it is just layers and layers and layers of Oh my God! What you know? Yeah, that's... it's 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 a lot of how stupid do you think this audience is? 
that, that because I don't understand the point of the swapping out the present from Claire to Lee, which was a pen, if I'm remembering correctly, and or was it, it was a, a watch? watch? It was a watch. It was a watch. So yeah. that wasn't swapped. Oh my god, this movie's confused the living fuck out of me. Okay, so they no. I I wrote like why how, why did Billy or Agnes rewrap this fucking pregnant this this present? <laughs> pardon me. How do they with, know what room she's staying in? I don't. Why? And then they take out Kelly because she has a uh, uh, an X ray, and then Lee stays in the middle in of the, the night. In the middle of the she's night, she has an X ray because the, because the doctor's not going to be in tomorrow. Midnight, little midnight X ray. Yeah, what? What? That's how it works. What, what hospital are you going to have? A, the doctor, and, and B. <laughs> Well, he's not going to be here tomorrow. I mean, you know, do you have... Nobody will you know, be in this hospital to take any x-rays. Yeah. I mean, this I major city hospital. Yeah, it's a... It's, a, it's going to be run by the janitor. It's a campus hospital, but there are people... As, as Kyle pointed out many times, there are townies. So people live in this town and might need access to medical care. And you're telling me that this hospital is so understaffed that that they can't even they don't even notice when one of their patients presses the emergency call button, and yet they have the cal- carolers. But they have carolers at midnight. Uh, the, <laughs> the they, you know the caroling industry is fine in this storm. Carolers are just like you know there's the the whole town they base their industry on caroling, and obviously it's <laughs> yeah. I guess they got. I guess they managed it's a- to. I guess they managed to get through that snow, that 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 you know dreadful little house in the prairie snowstorm. Eventually, they managed to get through yeah. the hospital. Well, that's the thing. If you don't make those caroling rounds in a caroling-based economy, you're going to be on food stamps by summer. Right. It's like Jaws. Yeah, absolutely. So, so like they, you know, they, they Billy is it Billy or Ag? Which one of them kills Lee? Agnes kills know. Lee. Agnes, is posing as Kelly. Ag- Agnes kills Lee. And then uh, Kelly comes back. She she realizes that something is amiss, and mm-hmm. you know, of course, in this in this high quality hospital, they have a broken door that they don't bother fixing. That, that and they that, call it out in the in the most obvious manner possible. They might as well have a superimposed arrow, like in student bodies, that would point out these things. So <laughs> go ding, ding, ding. Eventually, she manages, and again, this is whole. This is very much you know testing the audience's goodwill, in that she manages to flee the room with with Billy chasing after her. Oh, she. Oh, I'm sorry. She she kills Agnes with the the defibrillator. defibrillator. <laughs> <laughs> she, I mean, I guess she just gives her a gives her a seizure. She there just... is one thing about that defibrillator scene that must be mentioned. There's a reason why doctors and nurses yell "clear" before they touch a body with a defibrillator because it emits electricity. So if you are, oh, I don't know, lying on top of the person that you are hitting with that defibrillator, you too will be shocked by the electricity that comes out. <laughs> I have to admit, it does not stop at the house coat. I have to admit, I was a little bit surprised. I thought they would go the 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 the, the extra mile of just making Agnes's head explode. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Yes. I don't know. That Why that did actually, they hold back? Yeah, yeah, in a movie that very that that offers very little restraint anywhere else. Um, I I mean, I don't know if one's head would explode if a defibrillator was attached was was applied to it. I'm thinking not. But really, we we we've already established several times that this movie does not care about physics or logic. 
But yeah, why get real now? So she flees the room with Billy chasing after her. She runs into a cart. The 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 guy operating the cart just does nothing. He, he right. you know, nobody stops this 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 person you know chasing after her with a scalpel right people are falling on the floor it's like gasping and panting and falling and screaming and and nobody there's nobody they they, they pass a nurse they pass an orderly they just look a little puzzled and like well all right i guess you know good luck with all that (laughs) not my business you know it's it's (laughs) it's almost it's it's almost it's almost midnight i gotta go home and watch the grinch Listen, I got eggnog waiting for me. I can't stop this murder happening in the hallway. That's not my patient. That's not my patient. <laughs> I'm. I am. That's someone else's patient. I don't. That's a HIPAA violation that's, that's if I a, get involved in that. That's not that. that that's not an MP. That's a YP. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, during Billy and Kelly's fight, uh, Kelly manages to haikido Billy over the edge of a uh, staircase. And he lands uh, back, spying first into the top of a Christmas tree. And we get to see a bit of his guts twirl around the top as he descends. Again, as as far as, like, physics go. Oh, God. It kind of looks like his intestines are moving by themselves, like, (laughs) kind of swirling up the tree like a snake. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't think that would happen, movie. (laughs) And... And as if a tree topper, they make tree toppers out of pure stainless steel, right? <laughs> and these trees in a hospital are going to be like, you know, they're not going to be this the wobbly trees we all have in our living rooms and, and we see in real life. It's going to be some, you know, I mean, the, the physics of falling onto the top of a tree with a tree topper on it, which, you know, and, and having that go through your body without the thing falling over first uh, is just the... It's the piece de non-physics resistance of the entire <laughs> movie. It's the it's the you know beautiful ending that makes absolutely could could not possibly happen. But it it with this movie, it's that's how it had to end. It had to end that way. And then we get and then we get eight minutes of credits. <laughs> eight I, minutes of credits. Eight minutes of credits. I, uh, I, I turned it on, I, when, I, when, the, when the title screen came up, I was like, oh, this movie has nine minutes left. I guess there must be a, 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 a post-credit sequence. And I'm like scrolling, 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 scrolling. Like, nope, this is just, for some reason, really long credits. Leave them wanting more, uh, was the rallying cry. And of course, the more that we are left wanting of is uh, any semblance of sense. It, would, it takes a lot of people to cut paper that much snow i mean you know <laughs> that's a lot of that's a lot of paper cutting that's a lot of sitting there with scissors and snipping away at typing paper to get that much snow so and that's black christmas brings... <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's... voila um another one for the so <laughs> it's it's time for our, our grand tradition here on the kill by kill podcast and that is choose your own death venture and that is where we decide of the deaths presented in this section of the film, if you were forced to die that way, which one would you choose and why? Now, some of these are going to run in together. So we're just going to have one general category, and that is stabbed in the head. There's just a general head stabbing that's a part of this. 
Then you have have part of your skull carved off by a thrown ice skate or uh, killed in the face by a defibrillator or launched onto the top of what apparently is a Christmas tree made out of an old whaling harpoon. <laughs> or uh, or having just having your neck snapped like uh, is what happened to, to Lee. Yeah, that you know what? I'm so angry at that. I'm not even acknowledging that as a possibility. <laughs> I talk about it. I swear to God, the end of this movie was directed by a completely different person. There's no way it's the same person. It doesn't look or act the same at all. I heard that um, the beginning and the ending were tacked on, right? Even the, the sanitarium scene, I think, was tacked on afterwards. Did you read that? That, that feels, uh, that feels know, right. <laughs> yeah, even even if it might not be factually <laughs> true and it could I, be I, I, it feels emotionally that. true i accept that <laughs> <laughs> I, we're gonna accept that just on <laughs> merit alone uh so i uh, susan as our uh as our guest uh i choose you to go first okay i i want the icicle through the head because then i'd still be alive i'd, I'd still i'd be fine <laughs> So that's the back of your skull. There's a lot of brain in in that travel. (laughs) No, no. And then, you know, it's easy. That's yeah. You slip it out. You it's like Phineas Gage at at its worst. That's the worst (laughs) that can happen is a Phineas Gage thing where I'm just like a grumpy person the rest of my life. I'm fine. That's yeah, I would go that way. And it's relatively (laughs) painless. Well, technically, you have chosen a path that A is not represented in the movie and B also, it's not a death venture because it does not cause your death. It just causes your mood to change. And Andrea Martin died. <laughs> I just I just don't think I would die. And, and you, <laughs> you, think, you would not either. You would not either. So if I put you in a cage match with Andrea Martin, you think you can take that woman? No, she is a SCTV veteran. Me, I'll have you know. Me and Andrea Martin, each with an icicle, clearly, yes. clearly her head is not made for icicle damage. <laughs> I think I'd survive it. I think I'd survive okay. it. This has been an odd flex, but cool. Uh, all right. Uh, Gina, what say you? Well, uh, we again, we don't really know uh, what happens to Melissa, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character, but clearly it's quick. Um, yeah. because, because you don't live very long if, you're, if your body has e- just powerfully injected that much blood at once. <laughs> I mean, you know, m- maybe it's a little bit of a you know, you know, Johnny Depp and Nightmare on Elm Street situation. I don't know, but, but, but you know, whatever it was, it was quick. And, and, and as we've established many times over, I am a coward. I, I, I don't enjoy pain. So yeah, I'm going to to I, I just gonna I I'm just convinced it's like her head exploded somehow. So you know that that works for me. Also, I don't think you actually saw her on the the the, the head tree. So maybe they did do something to her head. I I don't know. It's you know the the movie makes no you know attempt to treat these characters as if they are they are you know human beings with human limitations. It's entirely possible one of them could just crush her head with their bare hands. I think it's because Billy has not actually arrived until we see him enter that particular scene. So all of those bodies are the ones that Agnes was killed as opposed to Billy. Well, regardless. <laughs> I, I don't okay. I don't know what happened to her, except it involved a lot of blood and it probably you know, she exsanguated eh, eh, exsanguated very quickly. So yeah, that, that is the way I would choose to go. Okay. Well, straight up, I'm going defibrillator to the head only because 
really, I am in the need for a good house coat. I like the look. <laughs> um, it just makes me feel cozy. Uh, and this house is full of windows and it could get very breezy inside. We have a lot of heating disparities. So a house coat would be good for me, I think. And, and yet think, you'd have to wear a long blonde wig. Well, you know, at one point in my life, I had some longer hair and it did not look good on me. But I didn't pick up on that. Let your roots grow out that much sort of thing. And I think that really might change my look Bet- between that and the house coat. I think I could get it. I'd be one of them daddies everyone's talking about. You would definitely achieve the look of child of incest. (laughs) Check. Also, if the person who's defibrillating you doesn't know what they're doing, they die along with you, which is kind of a nice bonus. Take one, take one with you. Yeah. Yeah. Two for one. Why not? Finally. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, That just about does it uh, for uh, this edition of the show. But before we go, uh, Susan, why don't we tell everyone where they can find you and hear more from you? Yes, I do the podcast The Shining 237. I look at every two minutes and 37 seconds of The Shining consecutively. I'm coming up to the end of the movie. At this point, we're going to end about mid to late February. Um, and then after that, I'm going to be doing Rosemary's Baby 666 every six minutes and 66 seconds of Rosemary's Baby. So, 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 so sign up on iTunes, on Facebook and Twitter and, you know, check me out. And, uh, I'm going to have a bunch of bonus episodes in between those two shows, but I'll be starting Rosemary's Baby probably in the spring. And like I said, wrapping up um, The Shining, we're at the best part right now. We're at the, the the absolute most exciting part of the whole movie where they're, you know, everything's everything's gone nuts. Uh, we're just about to get to the the guy in the bear suit, dog suit, bear suit. So yeah, tune <laughs> I, in. I have a, I, I, I love that scene so much. I literally have a t-shirt with that image in a heart. <laughs> I honestly so- do. <laughs> last, let me just plug also last episode I had Leon Kirch who's the um, Oscar winning director and writer of Coco and Toy Story, Toy Story 2 and he's writing a book on The Shining and you can't believe how good that episode is best episode I ever did it's so many secrets about how they made The Shining things that you would never you've never heard I can't it was like the highlight of my life so if you listen to that last episode it's it's the one that's up right now the last, the latest one so Thanks. That sounds fantastic. Check it out, people. Hey, Gina, where can people find out more about you on these internets? I write about old television and movies and pop culture at my website, GinaRadcliffe.com. I am also a writer for Alka Hollywood. Um, some of my recent reviews, uh, well, I haven't done it yet, but it will be up by the time uh, this goes live. The upcoming Netflix movie Bird Box, which uh, is based on a very good horror novel uh, i also have recently done um the chilling adventures of sabrina i've written about uh the anniversaries of scrooge and her and other stuff like that that's at alcoholywood.com and i am on twitter at porcelain72 Excellent. Do it today. People do not delight. Of course, if you want to reach out to us, there's the easiest way to do it. It's on Twitter at Kill by Kill Pod or at Instagram uh, Kill by Kill Podcast. We have the Facebook group and page where you can discuss things in more detail. And of course, well, we've finished Friday the 13th and we've finished Black Christmas. And that means in the new year, we start a new chapter. The podcast of your dreams 
has become the podcast of your nightmares. We are going to go through the entire Nightmare on Elm Street franchise one death at a time. It will not take us two and a half years like uh, Friday the 13th. (laughs) This will go much faster, but it might be much better. At least the movies are, and hopefully we are too. We're super excited about it. We have a list of people that we're going to bring on to talk to us about it, and I think everyone's going to have a great time. It's going to be finger knives for days, y'all. So that just about does it until 2000. Oh, yeah. Well, what? mention our patreon oh those people who pay us okay (laughs) we 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 have a patreon and it's actually coming along better than we anticipated Uh, (laughs) something that a little little uh you a a little you look at how the sausages are made patrick and i never expected anything we do is going to turn out well (laughs) We, (laughs) we we spend much of our 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 facebook conversations just constantly boosting each other up that this is not a complete waste of time that 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 you know has stolen two and a half years of 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 our lives away that this is actually a a, but a very fun venture that is that has entertained a lot of people and it turns out our patreon is rolling along along pretty nicely we have uh three new donors this uh to mention um zer whiskey brett vogel and and patrick we got another ten dollar patreon it's Karen wow. Corday. So uh, probably in Aww. the next couple of weeks, um, we will you know have the opportunity to make one of to make our ten dollar uh, our ten dollar patron reward uh, come to fruition, in which uh, she and our other our, our other current ten dollar patron <laughs> will be able to choose a movie for us to review. So uh, we don't know what that's going to be. Uh, it's exciting and also a little terrifying. But uh, if you want to get in on that, our Patreon is, is look us up under patreon.com slash killbykill. Yes, do it today, people. Okay, so that does it uh, for this time. But don't worry, the body count will continue in 2019. And so until that time, for myself, for Gina, for Susan, bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Kill by Kills produced by We Write Good and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Friday the 13th is owned by Paramount Pictures. Jason is owned by New Line Cinema. No infringement is intended. Kill by Kill logo was designed by Josh Hollis. Visit him at joshhollis.com. The Kill by Kill theme was created exclusively for us by Revenge Body. Get the whole track and much, much more at revengebodymemphis.bandcamp.com today.